We are the Common Veterans. Hey, I'm Kenny, and this is Jeff. How are you doing? This is we're back for episode two of of uh, our Common Veterans podcast. Uh, this this week's episode is called Heroes, and we're going to look back at our careers and describe the heroes that we had as as we grew up and what what got us to uh, join the military and and become more of a uh, servant minded individual. So, Kenny. As far as heroes go, what's the common definition of a hero? Well, according to Merriam-Webster, on when I Google it, it's, it's a mythological or legendary figure, often of divine descent, endowed with great strength or ability, and an illustrious warrior, or a person admired for achievements and noble qualities, one who shows great courage, or the principal character in a literary or dramatic work. Used specifically of a principal male character, especially when contrasted with the heroine. Well, that's a pretty good definition. And a person to be admired for achievements and noble qualities, that's, that's, that's pretty close to my uh, definition of a hero. Mine is somebody that's selfless and that, that wants to be the guy that's, that's not recognized for who he is and who, what he does. Yeah. Generally speaking, uh, the definitions, uh, the common definition, since we're common veterans, of a hero would be someone who's humble and uh, doesn't consider themselves to be a hero. It's uh, something that, and you can even use the average uh, everyday hero, the mother, the father, the the, the spouses out there oh, yeah. who Absolutely. give out to the world and think a very selfless act of everybody but themselves. The firefighter, the paramedic, the the mother and the father, the military spouse. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about dependapotamuses. <laughs> there is that, yeah. We're, we're talking about heroes, not the people that say, hey, I'm a hero because I married you. Now, that might be a case, in my, in my case, if I had a wife, because she might be a hero because she married me and put up with me. But luckily, I've dodged that proverbial bullet. <laughs> I have too. My wife is amazing, and she's a saint. So when we when we yeah, go into it, I think we nominate her for saint in the last meeting. <laughs> I think she did we marry did. you. I think I think we she definitely deserves it because you know what's the movie The Saint? You remember the movie Saint with yeah, uh, Val Kilmer? I also remember the TV show, and it requires three miracles. Well, the first two were marrying me. The third one was having our three children. Yep. So, I mean, there it is. Yeah, marrying <laughs> you, that would be count as two miracles. I know you. So, there it is. There it is, guys. <laughs> but as far as uh, the definition of a hero, in your own words, as far as uh, the hero the self, is a selfless act, person who does that. Anything else you want to add on to that? Well, yeah. You know, in the, in the Army, we when we were talking about heroes, I mean, it was, it was always – there wasn't a hero in the military, right? Like – we are all just doing our job, so to speak. Yeah. And, but really, I mean, th- those that follow the, the, the seven core values of the, of the military, in the military, you know, the leaderships mm-hmm. is the acronym, you know? Um, I mean, I think that's, that's where we, we kind of go with that and, you know, and be, that's the person that we are as, as a hero. Um, now I don't by any means consider myself a hero and, and I know that you don't, Jeff. Like you and I, before we were discussing and talking about this podcast together, we were talking about how we're not heroes and how it's 
hard for us to be that guy. And especially, you know, I, I was in the military for 12 years and almost to the, the dot. Um, but I was put out medically uh, due to, you know, sustained injuries. And Jeff, I mean, you were in the military for 30 years and, and then you're also a Goshen police officer for 36. Yeah. So where, where does that, I mean, you as a hero, where, where does that, I mean, you really truly are a hero. Yeah, yeah, I really don't consider myself to be a hero. I was, I was there and I did stuff and I would like to think that anyone in my position would have. It's just the way it works. It's kind of like uh, people who win the, con- I don't, you don't win, the people who are recipients of the Congressional Medal of Honor. There is an Air Force guy named Bill or William uh, Pittsenbarger. He was an Airman First Class in Vietnam. He was a what we would call pararescue now. And he was lowered down from a chopper to, down into a very hot LZ and saved. In fact, I don't know if they have actually have a count. I know there's like 10, 12 guys that he actually saved, accredited accountant for him saving. Um, and he actually ended up dying in that, that fight at that particular time. And the, the people that fought with him, the Army guys that fought with him, and they, they put him in for a Congressional Medal of Honor. And the irony of this is that he's only one of like two or three non-commissioned officers, or rather enlisted, excuse me, in the military Air Force that have has won the the Medal of Honor. Yeah. <clears throat> this guy, this guy is really, really a uh, hero. I mean, in every aspect of the word, and saved so many people's lives, and and we see that almost consistently throughout all these people, like all throughout the eras, you know. And, and Medal of Honor winners are always considered heroes because they save people's lives, and and you know, with the exception of a few, they're all pretty pretty humble about it. Yeah. If uh, and the the Medal of Honor to receive it, if I, I mean all of our military vets know what that is, it's the highest military honor you can receive. Um, if you live through it, as a general rule, you shouldn't have. That's not one of the requirements, but it might as well be because if uh, it's given posthumously to a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, the people who get who receive the Medal of Honor. Normally, it's given posthumously, and if you live through something, you probably shouldn't have. And it takes it takes years, years to get recognized for heroic behavior because it has to go all the way up to the president, and the president has to sign that that declaration of of honor. Our listeners might be familiar with the Audie Murphy story. World War II Army guy, one of you guys. Yes, sir. Um, jumped on top of a burning tank, drew back on a mod deuce, killed a bunch of German soldiers. I mean, I'm talking a buttload. But uh, tank most, is on fire. He's on top of the mod deuce and saving most his decorated guys. veteran ever to be to live. Like, I mean, <clears throat> like he was so decorated. Even these uh, stolen valor people can't get that many. Awards. Yeah, exactly. You can't buy that many that he had. So, yeah, and Stolen Valor, there's another topic. But, yeah, Audie Murphy would be the definition of a hero. Uh, Airman Pitzenbarger would be the definition of a hero. Everybody's familiar with the movie Forrest Gump. 
which is based off a true character. He was a hero, a real hero. These guys are heroes. Absolutely. And, but you know, even, even more so like there's, for me, I kind of, I kind of stepped down from the, uh, the Medal of Honor recipients and, and I kind of went with, you know, other honor, other soldiers you looked up to the soldiers that I looked up to were my friends. You know, a lot yeah. of, a lot of the people that I, I work with in, in my career were just amazing people, you know, and I, Obviously, I've lost people because I was I've been in been in so long, and and I know you've lost, um, and it, it's just you know, and and I kind of I kind of choke up a little bit every time we talk about th- this person that I'm gonna and I'm that we're gonna talk about, and I brought him up in last episode because this is what freedom system is about, and unfortunately, whereas I love this man dearly because he was one of my. Uh, best friends in high school, but he was, he was also a soldier or well, a Marine, excuse me. I'm sorry, Marines. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. God bless our Leathernecks. <laughs> um, but Stephen James Oschlager, which we called Jimmy. Uh, and I've known him, you know, I, like I said, I knew him from high school. We'd play actions and allies and sh- Shogun and chess. And we went to pro after, well, we went to after prom together. And yeah, I was hoping he didn't go to prom with them. He kind of no, threw me there for a second. Right? No, no, no. Who wore the dress and who wore the tux? Well, I mean, I am in the army, so he. I mean, he, the Marines were pretty. They were pretty. They have a pretty they uniform. Pretty. They have a very, very uniform. pretty uniform. <laughs> but this is a man that didn't even walk in high school. Like he was like, he didn't want to walk. He just got his G or his diploma and said, "I'm done. I'm not going to walk." And he stood in the stands and watched all of his friends walk across stage hmm. it was like we we talk about stoicism every now and then right like the definition of stoicism is somebody that is just the guy that's there right like and is the guy that everybody looks up to and being a stoic that he was a stoic even in high school didn't say a lot unless he knew you and was strong and and cared um he joined the Marines with one of his best friends and another one of my really good friends, uh, Josh Barker. And Josh is still in the Marine Corps to this day. I mean, that's 23 years. He's a, uh, he's he, a lifer. Yeah, he is a lifer for certain. He's an E8 yeah. and he, he married another friend of mine from middle school and hopefully and, a girl. Yeah. She, she's definitely a girl, definitely uh, a good person. Um, so yeah, and they're they've been they got married in Hawaii, like of all places, like that would on be a, bluff. a dream destination for a right? wedding. Yeah, like they they were stationed in Hawaii, like like how cool is that, right? Like, um, but Jimmy and I, you know, Jimmy joined the army, and I, or I'm sorry, Jimmy joined the Marines, and I joined the army, and we would talk, we'd call each other when he was stationed in uh, in uh, Langley, um, in Virginia. Um, and he was, and he would, I, and I would just talk about, you know, cause he was one of the president's 100 and mean, meaning that he was really good at drill and ceremony, like really good. And, uh, he was, so we would talk about our training and uh, differences in training. And he had an M16. I'm like, the hell? Why, 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 why an M16? He goes, we don't got the funding like you are army guys. 
<laughs> Luckily, he didn't have a 1903 Springfield back from World War One. Oh, he probably did. I mean, he wasn't President's 100. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, like, so Jimmy was this guy that just, he didn't necessarily brighten the room up when he walked in it, but he definitely didn't darken it. And that was one of those guys that you just, you, you knew if he was your friend, you knew it. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't your friend, you still wanted to be his friend. Kind of guy to be. And and to me, you know, that's one of the, the really cool definitions of being a hero is, hey, you want to be that guy. Now, unfortunately, we all know the end result, and that, unfortunately, is sad. But it's also a reason to look at this and say, hey, he was a hero because now we're going to save lives in his name. Yes, but everybody here may not know what happened to Jimmy. You may have to tell him. Well, Jimmy, as I, I said in the last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, it's uh, the podcast one is the introduction to the common veterans. Jimmy reached out to me one evening at about 11 o'clock at night, um, and I missed I missed it. It was and it was on Facebook Messenger. You remember? Did you ever use that? I know Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Um, I use. I'm old enough to use uh, carrier pigeons and smoke signals. But yeah, I, I'm I'm up to date with what Yahoo Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the personal personal oh, that. Oh yeah, you got Hotmail <laughs> and AOL. I'm, I'm all that. Hotmail. Yeah. Hotmail. Anyway, that's my that's my middle name. M A L E. Jeff. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No, I just get girls to believe that. I'd be. I'd be good. I'd I be mean, golden. I mean, I would be golden. Dye, dye your head hair back to bright red. Bright red. Okay. Bright, rather than the red it is now, and you'll be good. Okay, if that's all it took, brother. I do. <laughs> if that was all it took. But anyway, so, so, and and not to cheapen anything that we're saying, but you know, uh, it's it's harder because this is hard because it's it's hard. Um, and Jimmy was, he reached out to me saying, Hey, and I missed it. I missed it completely. And next morning I saw it and I woke, I like, well, he doesn't ever send messages. So I, I said, I texted him back and I said, Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? And he goes, well, no, he didn't say anything. Excuse me. And it was just, you know, I just waited and I said, you all right? You there? And then I got a, a message saying that Jimmy's gone. He's gone. He's dead from his wife. And I, I mean, I was stunned. I didn't, I really didn't know what to do. And, but that still being said, I mean, I really want to imagine how hard that was waking up in the morning, realizing you missed a call from him. And and thinking, what if I had gotten the call? Had I been, been had I been awake? Had I gotten the call? Could I talked him out of it? Right, exactly. And it's always that what if game. And you know, and I talked to so many of my our friends, like mutual friends. A lot of us were all in the military together. And uh, you know, one conversation. I wasn't necessarily really good friends with him in high school. And quite frankly, I'm not certain I really did like him at all, to be honest. But when I called him and he's in Chicago now and I told him and I, and I talked to him, I said, what am I doing? You and Jimmy, and he goes, you know, 
every time I talked to Jimmy after high school, was I was an officer and you're and he he was enlisted and he just wouldn't talk to me, but he would always talk about you. Uh, and Kit was referring to myself, and and so that hurt even more. But at the same time, it was I realized that there was there was a reason behind this, and God had put this on my heart to maybe help others. And with that, to that being said, it, it's, it's because I realized that people need the need the help. They need to be able to see it. And this is why Jimmy is a is a hero, and this is why Jimmy is a hero to me. Um. Yeah. And, I mean, and I, and I, and I can go down the line and I can go down to the list and I can say, Oh my gosh, you know, Audie Murphy was great. And this, but I didn't know him. I know of him. I didn't know him. Um, and you know, I don't know Dakota Myers, but I, I know of him. Everybody knows of him, right? Like mm -hmm. he's one of those that got to live and given the medal of honor, but yeah. <laughs> so you were also talking about Brian earlier too. Um, yeah. What about Brian? So Staff Sergeant Brian Hall, uh, again, another, another man that was awesome and, you know, was a great mentor and he was my team leader and section leader in, in HHC 21 and uh, from uh, 2000 to 2004 um, when I was stationed in Alaska and, uh, you know, he he taught me a lot about being in the military. He, you know, and he taught me what it means to, you know, keep my mouth shut. You actually <laughs> learned how to do that? Yeah. No, I don't know if I did. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it took me 12 years to become a sergeant. So yeah. there's, <laughs> there's that, right? Like There's that. But God bless you, you did. And the mouth shut, that, that, that surprises me. God bless you. I didn't figure you knew how to do that. <laughs> well, obviously, that's why we're doing this podcast now, because I didn't learn how, apparently. Uh, but I, I did I did get very strong in the military. Like, being, you know, you either, you either shut up or you get very strong, right? <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> Unfortunately, again, Sergeant Hall was a, uh, he was killed in action, um, on April 10th, 2009. And his, his, the, the obituary states that Brian Hall received three army accommodation medals, as well as good army achievement, good conduct and a war on ter terrorism medals. Uh, this man was killed by a suicide bomber. And, but all that being said, he was, he was, he, he was still a leader of men right. and one of your heroes. And he was an exemplary because he didn't, make me feel stupid he made me feel uneducated and he educated me so look out for your brothers and sisters exactly it, it is like we said last time it's always about the man on your left and your right that you care about we necessarily yeah we're fighting for our country but really when it comes down to the brass tacks we're fighting for the man on the left and the right yes you are and then finally, my other, my other pick would be my friend Ziggy. Ziggy is still a he's still uh, um, alive, thank God. Um, and he's been one of my one of my best friends. We we met up a couple months ago, or well, I guess about a year. 
uh, a year ago now. And, and uh, when he was in the town, he, he works, uh, he's a communications NCO now. Um, and he works on, well, I, I don't know if I really should say what he works on, but he was home. And when a certain individual came to town and, and he was their communications. And so to this day, like he and I, I st- he's younger than me, but he's still the guy that like, he knew how to work the system and, and make it, I mean, the military is not hard, right, Jeff? Like, it's, it's not a hard thing to do. You just shut up and listen. If you can do that, a lot of young soldiers, or in my case, a lot of young airmen, they think they know it all, The and it's kind of like a kid growing up. Your parents don't know anything, but the older you get, the older they get, the more they realize how smart that the parents are. Right. Uh, they've been there. They've done that. It's kind of the same here. In the military, you grow up, and you have to learn pretty quickly to stand on your own two feet. And it sounds like he did that because uh, Tom Ziegler, he, he did a very good job of help raising you, if you'll pardon the expression. Absolutely. But he helped raise you in the military, and he was a great mentor and a hero of yours. And Someone he, to look up to. Yeah, absolutely. And when I left, he stayed in, and he continued to make his career um, and he was just an amazing guy is an amazing guy. I, I look forward to every time we get to talk to him and, uh, and you know, he's just that guy that you just know is smart before he opens his mouth. You just know it. And so that to me, that that's, it's, it's kind of like, well, why, how does that make him a hero? Well, makes me a hero because I had a friend and most of the time my friends are my heroes, including, but not limited to Jeff Schrock. I thought you were going to say Elvis. Well, I mean, he was army. Can you, can you sing like Elvis? No, don't look like, can you try? Go ahead. Give me me just a little bit of Elvis. Uh, Okay. Think of fingernails on a chalkboard. That's how I sing. Well, I mean, I want to, I want to hear it. Oh, I want to win the lottery. <laughs> I mean, guess what's going to come first? Probably you singing because I don't play that lottery. <laughs> well, I donate now and then. <laughs> so, but, you know, all that being said, we're, you know, Jeff is actually one of my heroes. And, you know, he made, he's really helped Freedom System become what it is. And as the common veterans, we're still trying to make it take that next step. And granted, if you made it this far listening to me rant or, well, first off, God bless you. <laughs> uh, at you. No, God bless you. Oh, okay. Thank for, you li- for listening to you. Oh, right. Yeah, Ram- absolutely. Ramble. God bless Ramble. you. That's what you were talking Rambling. about. Rambling. Yes. And thank you. Absolutely. If you made it this far and now you like, we're new at this and we're going to, we're only going to continue to get better. Um, only way is up. Only way is up. But, you know, we talk about things. And we try to make a natural flow of everything that we do. And now we, we're after, you know, talking to, you know, and about Ziggy, I, I got to tell you, like Ziggy and I, one of the things that we used to do a lot in, when we were stationed in Alaska together was we went to the movies. Man, we went, I don't know, if there was a, a new movie out that was worth watching. Oh, we went and him and another friend of ours, Rod Nesdal and, and, uh, 
a couple other guys every now and then would would go go and and we would just watch these movies. Um, and one time, as we're watching these movies, we our company commander, uh, Captain Elder, was he goes, "It's a mandatory movie, mandatory fun, right?" You have to go and do this because I am paying for all you to do this. He rented out one of the theaters for Black Hawk Down. That movie is the epic movie about heroism. Yes, it is. So, and I always tell people when they ask what I did in the military, I said, you ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down? They go, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Well, my job is... You were a gunner, right? The, yeah, I was a gunner. And so being a gunner, that is very highly prominent in that movie, like what we did. And yes, it could be that dangerous. So we loved it and we all watched it. And so, and that was one of the things that, you know, that was like the definition of being a hero. The, Jeff, you, have you seen any movies that where you really where it really exemplifies being a, uh, a hero? Well, there's yes and no. On one hand, yes, there are a couple of movies that I, I like, and they did very good acting in them. Black Hawk Down, technically very accurate and very true to form. A couple of liberties were taken, but, but it's very, very true to form. But as far as movies that uh, kind of molded me or shaped me, uh, a couple of fictitious movies that I remember that still leave an impression on me today. One of them is Where Eagles Dare. And Where Eagles Dare is a World War II movie. It has Richard Burton, Clint Eastwood, and they have some very good acting in them. Very good. Another one, another fictitious movie in World War II, but again, it's a movie that had some very good acting and leaves an impression on me today, is The Eagle Has Landed. Had Robert Duvall, Michael Caine, Donald Sutherland. Um, Donald Sutherland played a bad guy, a very bad guy. But it's a very good movie. And those are two movies that, again, that were fictitious, but left an impression on me. And the acting was just fantastic in them. Um, as far as movies and movie characters, what do you think uh, made an impression on you, other than Black Hawk Down? Uh, what made an impression on you? Well, I mean, I'm an 80s kid, right? So, yeah. obviously Rambo, right? Like, uh, First Blood, you know? The, I mean, that was the first first movie that really kind of showcased what happened to these Vietnam veterans that came home and mm -hmm. were kind of just, like, spit on and not really, you know, wasn't really what people expected. Like, this was not... This was a movie that that showcased that, and and so when I say Rambo the, and First Blood, but it was really it was First Blood Part Two, where he's where he's in back in Vietnam and he's getting all these POWs out that where he's doing all these heroic acts of and killing all these Viet Cong and saving the POWs and and all that and that really got me into. Hey man, maybe maybe that's what I should do as, a, and you know I was what eight nine years old when I first watched these movies, and as, I was like fifty two, fifty three, <laughs> somewhere. In there. Well, that's because you're old, Jeff. Yeah, that's true. I am old. <laughs> so, 
So Turn 83 next week, so I'm okay with that. 83 next week. I mean, yeah. I'm rounding up. Rounding up to 20 years later. <laughs> Makes it look good. I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? Like, so, like, yeah. Man, but, you know, Jeff, Jeff, you know, I don't know if many people know this, but Jeff is a is an author and he's uh, one of one of his heroes is uh, actually he has a dedication in his book. Would you tell, me, tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, very long story, as short as I can make it, which is going to be about an hour and a half. Um, a buddy of mine I was in the service with, Thomas Miller. He, uh, he was an author for the last 20 plus years, and he has a couple of book series out, and one of which is a spy thriller, and it revolves around uh, the Black Star Ops Group, and what the book, the, or the books, are about is uh, an Air Force base, Mather, out in Southern California. In book one, a sleeper cell gets on, attacks the base, gets on a B-52, and steals a bunch of nukes and gets away. Well, the book series is called Black Star. The first book is Black Star Bomber. Then you have Black Star Bay, Black Star Enigma, Black Star Mountain, and Black Star DC. That's the book that I helped write. We're, we're co-authors, and I helped write book uh, Black Star DC. And I dedicated the book to a soldier, an army guy that I looked up to. His name is William Rife, Brigadier General William, or Bill, Rife. And that's, what I, that's who I dedicated the book to number five to. Uh, very long story. He was in Korea. He was in Vietnam. He wasn't a black ops guy, but he was a, well, I'm going to call him a special soldier. I'm not sure what to call him. He was one of the guys who would go out and deal with the Mon Yards in Vietnam because the enemy of our enemy is our friend. And But the, the Mon Yards weren't really big on U.S. soldiers, but they had no real qualms about them. But they hated the VC, the RVN, Viet Cong, and they would like to ambush the Viet Cong, the North Vietnamese, when they come down to the South Vietnam. And what they would do is they were uh, the tribes of what we would call Indians in, in Vietnam. And they had bows and arrows, and they were very good at their craft. But what one of the things the U.S. did was they armed monyards with modern weapons so they could go out and fight the North Vietnamese like us. But Bill was one of those guys. He actually got to know the monyards and be not necessarily one of them, but be accepted by them. If you're familiar with the, the culture, when a white man would go into the villages of, of the Monyards, not necessarily the South Vietnamese, they would, it would cover up because the women would be normally bare-chested. Um, and basically, they would, the, the uh, Monyards males and females would walk around basically naked, maybe with a loincloth kind of thing. And that's what they would do. Well, when the white man would show up, he would go in and then they would, uh, they would cover up. Bill got to be where he would go in and he was readily accepted by them and they would just normally be themselves, basically running around in a loincloth. Um, having said that, that was part of his job. I can get into more detail, but it's I'm not sure we have enough time for it here. But there is a really, really funny story I would like to add. One of the things that I do 
is the Goshen Memorial Day Parade and the three different services that go along with it. We have a service at the, at the bridge for our Navy and Coast Guard personnel. We have a, a service at the War Memorial in front of the courthouse for all of our fallen uh, soldiers, Marines, airmen, etc., and then we have one. And then we have a parade in between there that goes downtown out to the cemetery, one of the cemeteries in town. And then we have a service out there, to, in front of the the tomb, and also uh, a, a huge stone that stands about ten feet tall, dedicated to all the fallen military personnel that are buried there. We even, as a side note, we have a stone for an unknown soldier out there at Oak Ridge Cemetery here in Goshen. Well, Bill one year was our master of ceremonies and also our parade marshal. And having an army general out there, aside from looking nice, you know, honors one of my personal heroes and one of the soldiers that I looked up to. And we had a local army reserve unit that came in. They were a supply unit. They had deuce and a half, they had three tons, they had a tanker, they had some uh, some uh, um, some semis, some flatbeds that they would haul whatever around on. Well, they told, they came in looking, where do I need to be, where do I need to go, who I need to see to work this out, and everybody pointed at me, go see Jeff, he's the cop over there, and he has the white shirt and the police pants and whatever else, and I'm talking to General William Rife, who was in his army uniform, which would the army guys would call their 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 office class A, the office <clears throat> uniform, and he's standing with the shoulder boards, you know, with a one star general on him. I'm talking to him because he's the parade marshal, he's the MC. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Just kind of finalizing and wrapping up, putting a bow on things, as you might call it. And these army guys come strolling up, and they see a one-star brigadier general standing there and they snap to and they're saluting and doing all the stuff that we all do for an officer, especially a general officer. And, and I'm laughing because Bill's a drinking buddy of mine, even though he, you know, I'm Air Force and he's Army, but we were, we were best friends. And I, I'm laughing and I'm, I'm focusing on what they're doing and I let him salute the, the men coming up and, and so on carry it on. And without thinking, I go, okay, Bill, next I want you to do this. And all these soldiers snap to me and look at me and go like, they don't say it, but you can hear the wheels turning. Bill, you called a one-star general, Bill. <laughs> and that just, that just, it just kills me. I'm laughing. I'm going like, you know, general, I, uh, and I'm trying to cover it up. I need you. I'm rephrase that. I need you to do this. And he goes, that's okay, Sergeant Major, you're fine. And then they're looking at me like Sergeant Major, and I'm talking to an Air Force, an Army General calling him Colonel, but they don't know I'm an Air Force Chief Mass Sergeant. For you Army guys, that's Chief that, Mass Sergeant. Yeah, I'd be your E9, your Sergeant Major. And, but Bill and I are talking, and we're laughing, and he, he maintained his military discipline better than me. I did not m maintain my composure as well. Well, that's I thought you're enlisted because I'm an enlisted guy. I can call it <laughs> General Bill. So, but it was hilarious. It was one of those stories that you can talk about years later, and it's still as funny today as it was, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. Well, and you know, it's funny because it's it's like with with our 
our other our board member, the, the VP of Freedom System. Yeah, full bird colonel. Dr. Colonel Fred Schlerke. Yep. Fred is probably going to kill me for saying this. Probably. But I call him, I'm here first. And I, he's Army, so I call him Fred. I mean, I call him Dr. Colonel Fred. Oh, boy, I'm really playing on thick, aren't I? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's okay. Lay, I do just call him Fred. He's a great guy. Lay down thicker and heavier as you go. That's what I do. But, as yeah, we I, should, right? Like, I mean, well, he is just Army. That's why the Air Force guys go, hey, Bill. Hey, Fred. How's it going, dude? <laughs> well, and, you know, for, for all that being said, like, you and I, you and I are, you know, I'm just a buck sergeant, right? Like, in from the in the Army, like, I'm just a buck sergeant. And you, chief master sergeant. So, or, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said you, that wrong. Chief master. And you guys should get oh it right. Oh, my God. I got it right. This I'm so used to saying it wrong that, yeah. oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to kill me one day because I called you... <laughs> It's all major. Uh, I just look and laugh. I, it's just you. I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. You're just an Army guy. What What can I expect? I mean. God bless you, brother. You got he, the CIB. Heroes come in all shapes and sizes, right? Like, you got a CIB. I mean. I, I, uh, I was their ribbon. You got a CIB. I mean. I mean. You, you will. Yeah. I, I got one. I, it, it's, That's it, a combat it, infantry badge for you non-military personnel. And, I was, and I've been, you know, it's very, it's a very coveted award. Um, but let, let it be known that it, it is nothing more than an award at this point. <laughs> it's, it's an award. You were there. You earned it. You so, had 90 missions, was it? Yeah, something like that. I mean, yes, 90 missions over over 7,000 miles. I had 90 minutes in the chow hall or the aerospace <laughs> dining facility for you Air Force. Yeah, personnel. but you've got other history and I mean that we can't talk about, but. You know, you've got other history. I got like, other history. So, so there's there's that fun fun step in, into into all that. So, I mean, and the the best part about it is like the VFW is your baby. Like so, this even though you've got other history, you know all these other things about these other people. Was the the one guy that was sir that was on the the uh, he was in the Civil War and World War One. Mm-hmm. Right, like I don't remember his name, and I I lost it right now too. Um, man, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name, but our Goshen VFW goes back to the Spanish American War as having members, and we had one guy which will mean something to you military personnel, a Baton Death March survivor. He he lived here in Elkhart. Indiana, but he belonged to the Goshen VFW, a Baton Death March survivor. That is a huge deal. He's, he's since passed on from old age, but he was a really cool guy. We've had a couple of two-star and one-star generals. We've had three of them at our VFW as members. We also had uh, a guy uh, who was part of the liberation of Paris. He was there in uh, the uh, Aden Forest was uh, one of the guys that swore Patton did not rescue him. Patton was just there to grab the glory. Oh, so he was part of the 101st? Yes. Rockassans. He, he was he was a survivor of the, the Arden. And, uh, and to hear him talk about it before he passed, um, he was a very cool guy. Love him to death. I'll tell Jim, you what, Jim Matusiak. Jim Matusiak. Yeah, I, I knew that name. I, I don't know why I knew it, but maybe because you've told me about him. Well, you've met him over the years, before he passed oh, on. I guess I at, did. At our VFW, because Kenny also belongs to the Goshen VFW, like myself. Well, you know what's funny is, like, the uh, 
the the hundred first guys. There, there's a whole TV series based on Easy Company, mm-hmm. and they to this day are very heritage and history minded, and that whole company were heroes. And as a matter of fact, before I was sent to Alaska, I really wanted one of three places to go. One. Well, the Arden was, wasn't. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I wanted to go. My first, my first was Schofield Barracks in Hawaii, right? Like, oh, yeah, that would be nice. That would be like awesome. I, I guess your second place was not Kuwait because you blend in so well. <laughs> Natives. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe. You and I blend in so well. <laughs> so well. Pasty white guys. So pasty white. Maybe my beard might make, get me in. Well, that might do for the, the Arab world, right? Yeah, but you're right. still pasty white guy. Pasty white guy. Pasty white Irish guy. You yeah. know, and the, the, uh, well, but the, my second, my second was the hired first, for Campbell, and they're like, no, you, no, we're not going to do that. Well, what about what about what about the eighty second? No, you're you're airborne, but we're not we're not gonna, we're not going to go there. We're going to send you. We're going to send you to Alaska. No, there you blend in with oh, the snow. With the snow. <laughs> oh, we're going to go to Alaska, but you know, honestly, the I wouldn't trade that service for the world. Um, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about others. I learned about what it takes to be a soldier, what it takes to be a person that is stands up in, in front. The one thing I didn't understand when I came back was how to reintegrate back into to the world in life. And yeah. that is something we'll get into that later. Um, but, you know, our next podcast will be next week. We'll it'll be released next week. And then. That'll be, um, we're, we're going to call it Time in a Bottle. Uh, um, Jim Croce? Yeah, Time in a Bottle by Jim Croce, right? Yeah. Like, so that through music. Because you got military music that helped you in your military career, didn't you? What was that? Oh, man, when I was, when I was in basic training, like, yeah, everybody's like, oh, cringe. Oh, here comes a basic training story. Oh. Oh, shit. Not, I mean, it's not really a big training story. Just but, like the movie Stripes with Bill Murray, wasn't it? <laughs> just like it. Harold just Randall. like it, right? So to get through these these walks, these marches, so to speak, in my head, I would always think, huh, how do I get through this? I'm just, how do I get the cadence going? Because we're not singing cadences. We're silent. But I was, I'd always go, onward, Christian soldiers. Not necessarily marching off to war, but I... But you marched off to war. I did you march did off to war on a plane. On a plane. Well, that's because, you know, God bless the Air Force. They had to be a good taxi for you. They right. Drop you off, and then when you come back, we're back at the rear we're bases with martinis and a clipboard and the nurses. <laughs> when you come back in a deuce and a half smelling like what you don't want to smell like. You know, ironically enough, I didn't see an Air Force plane until I got into Kuwait. Really? Yeah, it's... Amazing. Anyways, but what about you, Jeff? You got you got some uh, songs that that you looked forward to. Well, I'm not sure if I can call it looking forward to, but as far as military songs that bring up the most emotional response, obviously for for all of us military, taps. That's something that uh, always will rip your heart out. It's just one of those things. It's uh, music that will rip your heart out. And another one that is played uh, on pipes. I've been to, I don't know how many funerals uh, as part of the honor guard over the years. And something that will also rip your heart out is Amazing Grace 
on bagpipes. That will rip your heart out. Every time, especially when you go to the grave sites. Yep. Go ahead and uh, catch us next time and for a time in a bottle. Because we are the Common, common Veterans. veterans.